That's right, you are now listening to Tommy Tom's One Mic. Warning, this podcast contains explicit language, triggering or sensitive topics, and controversial discussions. Thank you so much for tuning in to Tommy Tom's One Mic. I'm Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, flip personality, you know it's I. You never see my kind, never seen a fucking sliver or a slice. I'm the butcher, choice cuts, no, I'm nice. You got beef? I got waggle with a knife. Now I'm gonna be wrapping up bodies up at night. Like Ray Charles, y'all know I'm out of sight. Now I'm gonna be slaying niggas, cause you know I love the life. Yo, you gotta read between the lines. I'm only gonna be moving when I'm reading through all the signs. Johnny Mnemonic, I got an upgraded mind. This is for the rebels and the revolutionary minds. Cybernetic linguistics, you know I'm on my mind. Prototype the new dimension, man, that shit is mine. Future is creation and creation is sublime. Make your own legend, only happens with time. Let's hit the mic. Hey guys, welcome back to Tommy Tom and One Mic. And today I'm bringing back a fan favorite. This man has uh, the honor of being my most viewed episode. I have reasons to believe why. I have my thoughts and all that. I'm going to be honest with you all. This is an impromptu episode. I just got a random message from him probably only a few hours ago from the, I guess, start of this recording and uh, had to bring him on, had to bring him back. You know, uh, last time we talked for five hours and you guys only got a snippet of what we actually talked about. So uh, I'm probably going to give you guys a little more. We'll see how this goes, but I expect a second part to this episode, but I've delayed long enough. Uh, I like to introduce one of my best friends, Mr. Keenan Hall. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) You put up a lot of hype to this episode, man. Now I got to like try not to, or try to try to perform, I guess. Dad, All the pressure, no, no bro. performance, no performance. <laughs> that's what that's what got it. Yeah, I think the people just like a real conversation between two apples. Yeah, I'm a real idiot. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm excited though. I'm excited. <laughs> you haven't listened, have you listened to your episode? And I was mortified, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I because we've we've taught like we kind of talked in between. Mm-hmm. the time from recording versus the time you released it and like you never really mentioned how douchey i sounded <laughs> and like you know i i'm gonna do better this time to not be so douchey but uh yeah i have listened to it to answer your question <laughs> i i didn't have to say that you multiple times were like i kind of sound like an asshole right now <laughs> But I'm going to continue anyway. That's, yeah. that's what I'm going to do. Which, yeah. you know, I don't think I don't think it came across as douchey. It's just real. I mean, look, I've there's uh, there's definitely going to be well, by the time of this recording, there's definitely episodes where I've probably said stuff that people are like, fuck you, Tom, or something like that. Yeah. But it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I regret it in the sense that I don't want to come off as something I'm not. But I, I embrace it because, you know, now I know almost when to not keep going. Like, if I think I sound like a jerk, probably do, and I should stop. Or better yet, not even start talking about something like that in the first place. So, but, uh, yeah, I actually was in, really wanted to reach out um, to you after listening to your podcast um, because it hit on such an emotional level because there were things going on you know, from your perspective and my perspective. And I don't know if like we really ever communicated that, you know what I mean? Like, like basically our worlds were pretty effed up at the time, but like, it was like when we were together, it was like, oh yeah, no, no, that, that, that's my family. Like, like we were, we were family. Like it didn't matter. Like, I mean, it mattered, but for like that brief time we were talking about, you know, wrestling or WWF, no mercy or super smash bros, you know, we were just chilling, you know, and we're the high school kid. What is it? Our, our, I remember uh, we did the, we're going to stay up for 24 hours. And that was the first time we watched like Shaun of the dead messaging people on aim was again, dating ourselves. If they don't know what aim is. Yeah, AIM was texting before there were cell phones, um, mm-hmm. and you had to use your computer. So it's a, it's a, it would have been a wonky version of WhatsApp. Oh no, I, I was gonna say, I think 
the thing with us, and I think I stated it in that episode, is that we knew things, and it, it, I think it was just kind of like a look. We like, because even in like one of those instances that I was talking about, you were there, and we just kind of both looked at each other, and it was like one of those like this is fucked kind of things. Yeah, but it was also one of those like when you know something's wrong, but you like you got to stay in your lane, whereas like you're not trying to. You don't want to cause more shit than what's already there. Yeah, it's um, it's this strange lesson that I think we learned as kids. And I mean, we as kids, I mean, anybody, I mean, people can probably re- relate to the idea of um, you think you're trying to help something and you end up getting yelled at for trying to help, <laughs> you know, and like there's just that intense fear of like being so terribly wrong about something you don't want to make things worse than they are yeah sometimes honesty isn't the best option i guess (laughs) which is like one of the things i guess we discussed uh off air and stuff yeah uh, yeah and it's funny trying to find a try and find that balance of when to say something and when not to say something is challenging because we're from new york they literally told us when you see something, say something. It's like literally beaten into our brains. And if you're from New York, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But it's hard because you, you don't want to offend anybody, but you also don't want to come off as weak or cowardice, you know? I think, yeah, I think for me, just from my personal standpoint, the same with me is that um, I didn't talk a lot growing up. Then I went to college. I talked. It was like a weird imbalance. Like there's times I talked and then there's times I didn't. And it was like the timing's off sometimes on those where there's times I should have said something at that point in time, but I didn't. Like, I guess, for example, since you listened to that episode, the thing about the guy talking about you being married to a white, white woman mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I should have said something then, but I didn't want to cause a scene with a group of people and then when confronted by him again about something else i just unleashed because i don't think i stayed in the episode in comparison there's only five people at the bar at that time so i didn't care and all that when it's like oh you i should have probably said something cut it right then and there but i held it in so then those five people that saw it thought i was acting crazy or something at that time and shit so then like you lock it down at that point. It's like, when I do say something, I get shitted on. But if I don't, I feel like shit. Yeah. So, like, what am yeah. I supposed to do? So, <laughs> it's so funny how I started this episode because I'm going to contradict a lot of what I said right now. <laughs> um, Tom, you're my brother and you're loyal and you're all these things, but never feel like you have to defend my honor uh in a way like that i mean because people like that person you're talking about and to be honest with you i don't really know who it was and to be honest with you i well i don't give a flying i don't really care who it was i was gonna say i don't give a flying fuck to like make a a point but i literally don't care so um i just i feel bad that that person said that because it's, it's thinking like that that leads to that i i think leads to racist things happening you know like you don't you don't want to tell anybody that like you like if you feel that way just you know maybe talk to loved ones about it so maybe they can help you maybe come to a different conclusion or maybe a better conclusion but like that type of thinking just isn't good for anybody because like i would not be here without my wife and i don't see hurt the color of her skin she hasn't seen the color of my skin like we love each other and that's all that really matters so maybe if i don't know maybe i should talk to that person and be like hey man like <laughs> i've been through some stuff and it's because of my wife that i'm still here you know maybe you shouldn't say things like that uh because it's not only unkind it's just wrong um because like I don't, I don't i don't hate the guy or uh, <laughs> um, I don't even know who it is. And if I did like project that hatred towards him, then what am I? You know, like I, I fit, I, I'm literally what he says or thinks that I am. So you don't, you don't feed hate with 
hate. Yeah. That's something that, you yeah. Know, it's tough to understand. And re- like, it seems easy to understand until you're actually like faced with it. Yep. I think like an instant reaction is, once again, speaking for myself, is sometimes when I feel disrespected or I feel someone's disrespecting somebody I care about, it's like instant bad energy. Like, I just want the worst for that person or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's an instant thing. It just yeah. goes straight to that. And I have to, like, catch myself. and Because I'll go to dark places and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that it's like... I mean, that's because you're such a, a good person. Like, I was talking with my therapist, and she said one of the greatest things ever, and that is people think that the opposite of love is hate. And that's just not true. Um, the opposite of love is indifference. Um, mm. You need like the way that I think about it is like if you want to cat- like kind of try and categorize it, uh, love is infinity, positive infinity. Hate is negative infinity, and indifference is goose egg. It's zero. It's really literally right in between. Like that person go up and that person can walk up to you and slap you in the face, and you don't care because you just like okay like yeah this hurts now but in three minutes i won't i will gladly forget your name like that is the most toxic shit (laughs) in the world by the way but um going back to you i love the fact that you are so much of a good friend and you care so much about your friends that you're willing to almost basically hate somebody who is threatening your friends like you're like a, you really are like a wolf, but <laughs> I'm going to say this because I can speak for me, but you never have to stand up for me ever because um, I don't want anything to ever happen to you because some asshole might come out and slap you or hurt you. And then, then it's going to be a fucking problem because I'm the same way. Cause you don't, you don't do that. You don't, you don't do that. But on the other hand, um, I don't care about what other people say about me. Um, I just hope that they, you know, I will, and I'm going to try never to hate anybody. Um, so like that person, whoever they are, you know, if you're starving, come eat dinner with me. Like you can eat, but if you're not starving, don't knock on my door. You know what I mean? Like you would need to, you, you have a right to exist. I have a right to exist. Stand your side of the fence, bro. And I'll, and we won't have any problems. I'll even wave to you over the fence and be kind, but I get it. You don't like me. I don't like you. That's pretty much what i've adopted like yeah i put too much i think you're right with it i think maybe an easy analogy is that like opposites usually don't go together but usually love and hate you kind of put those two together a lot like i've always been of the concept that like with hate there's always a little love and with love there's sometimes a little hate Mm -hmm. you know it's that emotional connection and stuff so they can exist without each other honestly Mm mm-hmm like I, I don't, and I don't, I, I using the word I too much, um, but it really is kind of whatever. Like, I, I hate that there's so much stuff going on in the world. Like the idea of any, anybody dying, not in a warm bed of, of old age breaks my heart. But at the same time, what am I going to do about it? Actually, shameless plug, I'm going to get vaccinated and wear my mask end of shameless plug but (laughs) like (laughs) whatever i can control i will control because i want to try and make the world better for all those around me especially the ones i love but everything else i can't control so i guess i'm chilling yeah that's all you can do Uh, yeah you know i i I think i've mentioned it a couple episodes it's like uh as you get older i think you just reach that point where you truly understand that concept of like, I can only control me. I can't control other people and all the other stuff. Like you hear that for all, like most of your life. And then you got to reach that point where it's like, okay, I'm not going to take all this shit personally and all that. Like I've yeah. said to, you know, mutual people we know is it's like, I get it. You know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I'm easy to hate for some people that it, because mm-hmm. I'm just not going to, engage and i think sometimes that engagement is what they want or something yeah it's it's weird there's there's just so much talking so much noise out there you know too much talking and just not enough listening 
I think that's why I kind of dropped off from listening to the news and politics. I was super into it for a while. Um, but now I try, I try and, you know, I manage it. I'll, I listen to the news every once in a while. I, I get like certain newsletters and then I'll like, I can easily skim through, but the world is kind of what you make it out to be. There's like 7 billion of us. So uh, you can literally get lost in all the positivity or you can um, feed into the, to the, the negativity. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I, you know, we all fall off that bandwagon and do some negative stuff sometimes, but it doesn't really make any sense why we focus so much on the negative. I mean, Jesus, we got a second AW show. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, what? Yeah, you did mention the wrestling earlier. Uh, I'm uh, enthused that you've uh, gotten your wife into uh, the wrestling world. You know, sharp turn, change in uh, topic. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was probably my greatest accomplishment. The first being <laughs> convincing her that I was worth that I was worthy of marrying her. And then the other one was getting her to watch uh, Chris Jericho's entrance once. And I think she was hooked, honestly, Mm -hmm. Uh, just kind of like I was. And when I saw him back in WCW days, wasn't he the Lionheart back then? Uh, I think that was in New Japan. Was that New Japan? New Japan is where I came up with the Lionheart. Because that's why his finisher wasn't the walls of Jericho. It was the Lion Tamer. Yeah, that was... Those are some good times, you know. Yeah, we, were, uh, we are big wrestling fans. Uh, no Mercy was a staple in at my yeah. house. You know that they still there's 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 still active players of that game. Like people have modded it, and it's still a a really interesting community. That that's just so cool about being alive right now. Like like you have games like that are just forms of entertainment like that now that are so accessible and pretty much free it's almost like it's almost like streaming took over local television networks you know what i mean yeah i i mean i don't i don't have a tv i i really just mm. pretty much watch stuff on my phone youtube youtube really is my tv most of the yeah. time that and just spotify listening to podcasts and stuff like that i'll listen to podcasts and they'll touch on news topics and stuff and it's something interest me then i'll look deeper into it like a mm. lot of stuff what you'll notice in the news like it's just on repeat yeah so, so it's like all right or it's like just a cycle yeah this is it it's like all right where are we at all right we're at this cycle now Wait yeah it's party. it's it's kind of funny and weird like I, I think i get the principle of it it's so that people you know get the same news kind of at the same time if you will like when they absorb their news but yeah it really is uh, a drum that uh, I kind of got sick and tired of listening to (laughs) so I kind of I really did turn back to uh, like a 90s era (laughs) of absorbing content and just doing things around the house and Mm -hmm. you know playing the occasional video game you know Cause I'm still very much a boomer. Like, I mean, I know I'm a millennial, but like I do boomer shit all the time. <laughs> like I'm, 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 you know, I, I enjoy cutting my grass now. Like who, like what? <laughs> I used to hate that stuff when I was younger, but now I, I always uh, joke. It was like Keenan's old band thing is he, I got to take care of the lawn. Look at these I, bushes. <laughs> I do. And I'm like calling out, calling out uh, like, uh, what's it called? Like horticulture while driving. Oh, that's a that's a dappled willow. Like, what, yeah. what am I doing? Who am I? Who am I that person? You'll find, now? Him, you'll find Keenan at your local Home Depot garden center. Pretty Maybe. much. I think this yeah. will make front yard pop. <laughs> I have said that. I have said that multiple times. I think purple works really well with my siding. And uh, you know what? I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm proud of it. I'm proud of my color theory. But uh, yeah, man, it, it's it's so strange and awesome being alive right now. I you know I just think about like how I was watching this really cool video on on the Yub Tubs. Actually, I think it was on Face 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 Space, and it was um it was a guy. He was singing, playing the drums, but also playing the piano. So he was literally making like music 
like he was a one man band and like like that that in itself is cool but the fact that he was playing like a funk type of style i was like this is this is this is a this is the best thing i ever heard it was um it was a uh, vision complete by but it was performed by josh dion of and i think but a vision complete i think it was by a paris monster or something like that but anyways it was just like that didn't that didn't happen when we were kids like at least you didn't hear about it but now at the fact you know we have social medias we can do that you know get access to everything yeah if you think it you can probably find it <laughs> yeah no joke you sent me the um that awesome k-pop rendition of uh, uh, uh the band 80s covering bruno mars they actually just did a, another thing with uh that they recently today with uh i don't know if you know the acapella group uh pentatonics yeah mm-hmm. so they just did a duet with them for one of the songs that they did so they sent like three of their singers to go do that yeah now i uh you know admittedly i i I reveal myself here. I've uh, I've I've gotten into K-pop. I, I have no shame in admitting it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I will say I haven't gotten into. I guess the main the mainstay one. Uh, like that BTS. I yeah, I haven't gotten into BTS. Yeah. I, that. I mean, Dynamite is on my Spotify playlist. Is it? By, that, that's by BTS. Um, but yeah. Nope, nope. I am a. I guess they would call it a stay and an eighteeny. Uh, that would be fans of the Stray Kids and 80s, the one you saw. Mm-hmm. I actually want to do like a reaction video of me like introducing some of my friends to K-pop because yeah. like, there's different like flavors of them all. Like I, I do want to get just cause for them because yeah, yeah, like, dude. Because Stray Kids is their their main trio is a rap group. Yeah, so. And I know one of the guys, I think they thought, I know he raps faster than Eminem. I know that. He can mm-hmm. fit more syllables and words than Eminem in like whatever set amount of time that they measure that at. Wow. He's like one of the fastest K-pop guys and all that. Uh, so I want to try and do some of that. But I've gotten into them. Uh, but I thought you would enjoy that. I know you're Bruno Mars, Stan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean... It's funny. I I fell into K-pop by accident. I was actually watching So You Think You Could Dance and they had a routine by um, 21. And I think it was the song I Am The Best, which was a really popular song. Like it was in, I think it was in like a Microsoft commercial or something. And um, so it was like a fairly popular song. And it was one of the artists in the K-pop group. I still pretty much follow because she's just fascinating like i i find the whole entire scene over there just fascinating because it's so different <laughs> from from the american anything so i, I you know it's this sounds like such an interesting uh no i got into it uh anime actually oh uh, word uh tower of god because it was one of like i read mangas and stuff. yeah i have no shame in my nerdhood yeah I, you've always but you've always been that way yeah like i mean I, I used to really be big on comics and graphic novels. Uh, I really can't read. Uh, I talked about it with Anne. I can't really read a lot of Marvel and DC storylines just because it's like, I don't know. They don't grab me as much. I'm looking for different stories. And mm-hmm. anime, I guess, I've uh, there's all these different types of stories. And I have no problem just binging an entire series. Yeah. Or but uh, Tower of God is like my favorite one. And they released the anime version of it. And Stray Kids, uh, they do the intro and the outro. Uh, and I love the outro. They actually learned Japanese to do that song. So, like, it's not their native thing. Actually, two of the members of Stray Kids are from Australia. And English is their first language. Oh, and word. One, and, like, one of them, he'd only been studying Korean for two years when they, when they debuted and all that we had a whole week like this is this is how deep i went in i watched the reality show that was produced showing the creation of the band really you watched making the band korea and korea (laughs) pretty much pretty much i'm not gonna lie 
And it was just fascinating. I'm sorry. Please tell me there was a Korean P. Diddy. Please tell me there was a Korean P. Yeah, Diddy. J- JYP. JYP. Get the, F the leader of the, guy, the whole thing. And sometimes he was sad. Like, he kicked two of them out. Two of them got, like, dropped. And then he brought them back for the final. And this stuff. Is, that is but sensational. It was like, it, it's actually fascinating because they produce, like, a lot of pop and K-pop, they don't write their own music. Somebody right. else yeah, yeah. write these guys write and produce and do their own dancing for all their stuff, and it's like they actually show the process of them making songs and stuff like that. So it's not they're not walking to go get a, a cookie, yeah, or, or cheesecake, yeah, yeah, yeah cheesecake or, or something like that, yeah, yeah. They're not walking. They're, they're actually like what, what was what was the Chappelle show skit? It was like I want some I want some Bulgarian breast milk. You know, Cambodian, <laughs> Cambodian uh, wet nurse uh, breast milk. Uh, I want, yeah, that's that's some good, that's some good titty milk. <laughs> oh man! But no, I fell into that, and then recently a big thing was the show Kingdom. And I guess you can say oh, it's yeah, like a yeah, dance off yeah. show mm-hmm. over there, and they had a, they had six uh, big K pop bands. And they would create dance performances, uh, sometimes with their own songs. Sometimes they mm-hmm. use the other uh, other uh, group songs and stuff like that. Yeah. And it was pretty, it actually blew up that Stray Kids, I think this is the first, I think even before, I think they actually beat BTS. They're the first ones that hit top 100 worldwide. Oh. Like they're, or they hit number one. They hit number one for a track that they did, their first debut track for their new album that they're doing. And stuff. Credit the Kingdom because they did a they did a female K-pop band song that they mixed with one of theirs with a Deadpool theme, and Ryan Reynolds tweeted it out. That is, I love that level of like just like to put it in AEW terms. The Forbidden Door is kicked open. Have mm-hmm. you seen Free Guy? No, with Ryan Reynolds. I Lauren and I played hooky one day and we went and saw it, and. OMG, the first of all, the forbidden door is open, busted wide open, and that movie was sensational. Like it was just, it wasn't. Is it going to win an Emmy, uh, an Oscar? No. Was it like brain off, feel good entertainment? Yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun. It was. It was a lot, a lot of fun. It's really awesome that you don't have like like social media sucks. I get why social media sucks, but it also it doesn't suck. Like. The fact that I can watch things go viral and watch people be successful at something so meaningless, like it's so, it's kind of cool. Like it's, it's, I, it's, I think it's part of the evolution of us going to that next level, you know, like people always talk about, you know, like uh, what, where are we going to do next? Well, I think it's a level of acceptance, you know? Yeah. It opens people up to new things and all that. Like one of my guilty pleasures uh, is watching reaction videos yeah i like whether it's k-pop or rock music or something or whatever Mm -hmm. i like seeing people's reactions to something that that also helped grow my interest into k-pop and stuff like that it's just like seeing other people it's like all right there's other people that are like thinking the exact same thing that i'm like or feel the same way that i feel yeah about it's like this is so much different and all that and it's like it is a great way to connect and it's just in how you use stuff and yeah it's so just how you use it. And and I mean, now with like, we have basically this archive of not, maybe not an archive, but we have like a living encyclopedia in YouTube. Like I, I know YouTube is kind of like Google's kind of like a bad guy now. And, the, you know, they don't always do the right thing, but YouTube was one of the greatest things I think that we've ever been able to produce as a society. Because it is literally like if aliens came down to to Earth and were like, well, this the alien context, right? Like if aliens came down from wherever they came from and said, "Tell us about your, um, you know, your culture," I would literally, I would say, if I was for some reason the person they fucking wanted to talk to, I would say, "Here's a link to YouTube. It's some of it's awesome, some of it's terrible, some of it's true, some of it's false, but that's like us mm. and." And 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 at our, our best, our worst, our smartest, at our dumbest. It's just, 
you know, and a hint of that, and then then like the Bible, the Torah, and all that, you know, so that they get all the context. But I I really think that YouTube can be used and social media can be used for such positive things in the in the world. Yeah, we got together last weekend with uh, our lighter shade of Three Shades of Disaster, Tyler. <laughs> Got to uh, check out a meadery, uh, forthright meadery. Yeah, and I can tell you are having a wonderful time. <laughs> Those were my people. <laughs> Those were my people, man. Like, you ever just like talk to somebody and like you you stop like they're talking, they're saying words, but all you all you can muster up to say is yeah, because like it's just like you're dumbfounded. Like it's almost everything that they're saying fits in line with so many of the things that you believe in and not like in the sense of uh, like our, our whole entire views online. I just mean like, like at our core, we're trying to all do the same thing. And they like just hit all the things that I've always wanted to do. Well, now all the things that I want to do, if I ever wanted to open up my own tasting room, they nailed perfectly at that place. And I'm, I'm jealous. I'm proud that I was, fortunate enough to ever be, be to get to a place like that plus the mead was awesome <laughs> so so that made it even easier and, how long um, did uh what was the one that you got the the one that you were you got the big one of oh the the mm. the, the the helen oak yeah helen oak i knew it was yeah. your helen oak how long did that last at home there's still some in the the refrigerator only because I want, I honestly really want to make, make it special. Like it really, it was just such a great mead. Like it wasn't that it was, it's hard to explain. Just go drink it. Like something, like if you live in Sullivan County and you can get access to this place, go to it. It's so good. Um, but uh, they just did like, it tasted like a mead or what you would think a mead would taste like, before, but also, yeah. Before you continue, just so people understand. Keenan needed a pen and paper so he could start putting in his like thing. If he was going to get another flight of this, the order in which he would like to drink each one of these. Uh, Keenan is not a drinker. I'm, I'm not. I, a, I, I drink, but I don't. I don't. He's a condensor. <laughs> no. And it was and it was funny because, you know, Nick, um, one of the owner's nephews was he also was like working the tap room was like oh you're writing a review i'm like what type of pretentious jerk <laughs> what did you hear the last podcast or something like i'm not a pretentious jerk i'm just uh i honestly want to keep it like in order because i know i'm gonna like them all and enjoy them all it's just like it's just trying to keep it like in context like the way that I the way that I feel about going to a place like that where I'm tasting something that somebody put so much effort into is like how dare me criticize them of it in the sense of like oh I don't like it what the f- what the fuck does that tell anybody mm-hmm. like I don't like gr- I don't like the color I actually like most colors I don't like the color like poop brown right cool I know to avoid poop brown like you know what I mean like I don't I don't I don't do poop brown it's just not my thing like, I don't know where I was going with that. I don't know why I went on the Dookie run. But anyways, um, the uh, what, what I'm trying to say is I don't think it's right to, for anybody to criticize somebody in that manner, like, unless they're asking for it. And they weren't asking for it. So I, what I really wanted to do is come from a place of I like them all, but in what context do I like them all? Like, they had one that was called the the smoky, smoky, smoky one. I can't I, – I can oh, look at my notes. Yeah, yeah It was – smoky in the way that johnny walker black is smoky and if you like that then i would recommend this mead but if you don't like that you're not gonna like this mead but understand that just because you don't like it doesn't mean that anybody else won't like it you know what i mean so that's the place i always try and come from and also like i said if i was to open up a tasting room i'd kind of follow their model honestly um of just being themselves you know have you uh made anything lately because i know you you didn't meet before. I don't know if you've uh, tried anything else. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm still making it. Um, I have taken a pause, though, be, just because I was really depressed last year and didn't really feel like doing anything. Mm-hmm. And then the time up to that, I literally have no space to put the wine that I have. Like, it's sitting in the fermenter waiting to be bottled, but I don't have any place to put the bottles. So 
it's just sitting in the you know first world problems <laughs> yeah <laughs> so gosh where do i where i can't i can't fit i have so much wine where do i, I know. put it <laughs> i know it's such a pretentious dickhole thing you know but I, I like i said i'm kind of a boomer um yeah i don't, I don't think i ever had what got you into that because i know dave got into uh, making his own brews and stuff like that but like what motivated you was it maybe a couple summers ago we went on uh you uh Teak and me went on our uh brew tours i guess you could say yeah uh, during the summer what got me into brewing initially was beer and then i just kind of thought it was interesting and i went on youtube to try and find out more about it and i came across uh, a video by city steady city steady brews i think yeah because they split their channel but city steady brews and they were making something called vikings blood and i thought that sounded really cool so i tried to make it and it actually came out really good but i didn't know that mead takes like six to nine months to um basically taste good when it's not like carb when it's not carbonated or done in a specific way so um i ended up dumping it out unfortunately but it did come out quite nice um so yeah it was by complete accident that i fell into it and then once i it was making that type of making it the way that i was making it was a much easier process than making beer so that was another thing that attracted me to it i just find it interesting you know i'm always curious as to what gets people into i don't want to say they're fat but like not even like a passion or hobby but like i i want to say something I'm trying to find the right word for like that in between where it's like you got love for it and it's not like you're going to go crazy for it also. Yeah. Um, I mean, if I could make my living making wine, I would like that. Um, but uh, actually, I mean, if, if that were to happen, if some like if I was able to, you know, automate the process so that I could do it while also working on a larger scale, that would be kind of cool. Um, how plausible is that? I don't, I don't know. Or how uh, um, feasible and feasible. I, I don't think it's necessarily a hundred percent feasible, but I mean, I don't think it's a hundred percent impossible, which is why I'm kind of like low key pursuing that. Um, but I also suck at making meat right now. So I have to really focus on that. And then I'm sure everything else will happen. Cause I'm not, I'm not Russian. Like, I got time as long as I stay healthy and nothing terrible happens. So just work on that goal. You know, I'm trying to jog to my retirement. I'm not trying to sprint. Life is too quick. I think that's a good point. I mean, I, I often talk like that. I love my thirties, but I think maybe the reason I love my thirties is that like, it kind of hit me to like, there's no rush to do everything. It was like, I don't know what it, maybe it's just like how you grow up. And stuff, it's like, all right, high school, college. Then you get your job, you set up, you do all this stuff and all that. Like, that's drilled into us as kids. And, like, as I got older, it's like, there's no rush really to do anything like that. Like, do it, but don't, I guess, overexert yourself to the point that you start to hate it. Or yeah. For so example, for me, it would probably be writing. As you know, writing was my big thing. Love it. And I went into that mentality. I was in college. I started to hate writing in college because I had to do it all the time and stuff. And I wasn't writing what I wanted to do. But yeah, no. I remember you talking about that, how, not that you were filled with, well, I mean, I think you did say you did regret part of your book, but how it did bother you that it became work and like not a good type of work, just like brainless, not what you really wanted to do anymore, mm-hmm. work. Like with Stand Up and now this podcast, I view this as work. Like, trust me, sometimes I got to wake up to do an interview. And I'm like, oh, God. And it's like, it's almost like when I have to wake up to go work at a shop right or something. That's like, oh, but then I get into it and I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good to go. As opposed to, you know, my uh, not my nine to five, my 11 to 730 in the morning, uh, <laughs> where sometimes I just wake up. And my instant reaction when I wake up is just, fuck, I gotta do this. I'm hating it. I'm talking to myself throughout and I'm just envisioning all the stuff I could be doing. But, you know, we live in a world where you need money. You needed to do stuff like that. So 
you know, luckily, you know, they give me the schedule I need so I can do stuff and be creative and stuff like that. But with the writing, I didn't really get back into it till I went to rehab. And I've kind of incorporated in this and in the stand-up so that I'm still doing it. Plenty of projects I have that I want to do and stuff. But right now my focus is on the other things that I'm working on because I want to create. And that's ultimately the thing. Yeah, I, 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 I understand that. I've, uh, I really struggled with my job last year. Not because it was too challenging, but because, well, I mean, no, it was, it was challenging, but I tried to take on too much. And that's just, I think it's just a habit of who I am. But when um, you were uh, traveling a lot too? Well, it wasn't so much. I mean, honestly, last year was, was, was kind of a wash because it wasn't just like my job that was depressing me last year there last year was depressing everybody knows why Mm -hmm. um but it was just this whole idea like I have something to prove because I'm so insecure about my abilities you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so I would always I became this like weird yes man that was like kind of strange and uh you know I, I I'm glad that that's not the case anymore but it taught me a very valuable lesson and it wasn't, and, and like, the nice thing is I don't even like resent my job for it either. Cause like they, there was never any intention for me to be really like overly worked or pressure was what I mean. There was no pressure for me to like really perform. It was a pressure that I put on myself and like, it taught me a valuable lesson about like balance and like understanding that I have to as hard as I work at my job, I have to work for, well, I have to work 10 times harder. I'm, I'm using air quotes because I, I don't know what the value is, but I have to work even harder on myself and, but also give myself the time to decompress and be a good husband, be a good son, be a good friend, be a good brother. So it's, it's, uh, it, it was a very good lesson because, you know, I was trying to be more organized at work but letting everything else kind of fall apart in my personal life, you know? And that's, that's silly. Like, why not, if I'm successful at work or if I'm successful at home, why don't I use the same strategies, you know? Like, why don't I take some notes while I do something? Like, if I wanted to beat that game a little bit faster or, you know, do some software design a little bit better, take notes and, you know, really push myself, get educated, you know, look at videos, try and really get engaged. And, uh, that actually has been such a, a mood changer for me. Um, I'm less cranky this year than I was last year. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, that was, uh, that was good. But what got you into writing? Like I never, I don't, I think I've known you for what, probably close to 30 years at this point now, but I don't think I've ever asked you what got you into writing. Um, I think with writing and I talked about it in my episode uh, with my, uh, college friend Christine like I said earlier I think in this episode I had a hard time talking and I found it very easy for me to put my thoughts on paper as as uh I guess opposed to actually speaking them it was way easier for me to write them all out in a way that was very clear and I think everybody got which I think I try and incorporate with this podcast and in my comedy I'm just trying to that relating, but still the easiest way for me is to write it out. I mean, I don't write out these episodes or anything like that. I have no scripts, but like, I know if I did, this would run like a machine and I don't want it to run like that. So I, yeah. don't. but like, I can get my thoughts on paper and I had all these stories and ideas and stuff. So it was just my way of expressing them. So I didn't have to explain it to people. It's like, here you go. Just read that. There, there it is. I mean, I'm a much more of a texter than I am a caller. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, where does the, do you like find yourself telling stories that you've been, or maybe not telling stories, but using characters that you've been thinking about for like years? Like, for example, if you were to write a comic book, do you think you'd write, or not a comic book, uh, 
an if you were to write an anime, do you think that the characters that would be in that anime would be like Bob or um, you know, Poe or no. I mean, uh <laughs> here's the thing, and this is another thing I talked about with Christine. I think I explained this. So let's say I had an opportunity for to do a graphic novel. I already have several ideas that I could use for those. So in a sense, yeah, I have all these past ideas, but I have so many of them that it's just like, oh, I can throw this here or something. Yeah. And at one point, I probably just viewed them all as stories. But then, like, as I got older, I had more ideas and what would be the best way to tell that story. So some of them, they would be graphic. Others would be maybe poetry or short stories or stuff like that. Others would just be full novels and stuff like that. Yeah. That's really... That's really cool. Like, what is it? there's this thing. I found it. There's a, uh, it's called Hypographia. It's called An Addiction to Writing. It was a book by a lady who actually put herself in uh, an insane asylum because she was thinking about it. And it was like the perfect book. It was like she, she started to realize she viewed everything as a story around her. And that was the same case with me, where it's like, I'm always trying to, I I was, I always viewed people as stories and I was trying to maybe get them to the ending I thought was best for them and stuff. So it almost takes out, the, it almost takes out the humanity in you that you are this kind of like robot. And it's something I caught myself. It's something I really deal dealt with when I was in rehab and stuff. Just like looking back and just being like, all right, it's why I say I can't, focus on what other people have done wrong or something i have to just focus on myself what i've done because i know i'll start getting into that zone where i don't know it's almost controlling and something like i have to be very judgy and so it's almost a holier and doubt like i never understood why people thought i was cocky or something because i always viewed myself with low self-confidence but looking at that and like when i started reading about the hypographia and stuff like that i was like okay this is this is probably what they saw that I was like constantly analyzing and planning and stuff like that. So sometimes it makes people uneasy. Yeah. It's what's interesting is how much I parallel, like, I feel like I parallel that. Um, I don't know if I necessarily see it exactly the same way you do, but I definitely see every human being as a story going on. That's just a story that I haven't, heard yet and you know i'm just genuinely curious and uh i think that also gives you a sense like saying i mean if i understand you correctly um it gives you a sense of uh almost calm because like something that i realized recently was that you know everything happens for a reason like legitimately everything happens for a reason how good that reason is is like you know could be any part of the scale good or of good and bad but um if you know that you know like let's say that i was i was a gay man right and um i walk you know and i walk down the street and there's a church and they're screaming at me you know terrible things and i can and i can rightfully hate that church because they don't know what i've gone through they don't know like you know what my home life was like they don't know what my current life is like they don't know you know, pretty much anything about me, but on the flip side of the token, we don't know anything about those people in that church, you know? Um, and I'm not being on, I'm not try- taking their side at all, um, but we don't know what they've been through. We don't know how that church has either helped them or saved them or, you know, changed their perspective, changed their lives for the better. And if, you know, your leader says you should hate these people because, you know, <laughs> you just should, you might take their word for it because they've made you a better person so like i feel as though if we would listen to each other's stories more maybe there'd be a little bit less fighting because there'd be a little bit more of you know what i'm done how about you stay on your side of the fence i'll stay on mine i'll wave at you you wave at me but beyond that there's nothing else that's required of us you know just a certain level of go fuck yourself but have a good day you know (laughs) know yeah no that's the best i i've I also say that I think the issue is, and at least my issue that I realized I have with a lot of people is that they couldn't see from my point of view, but I was able to see from theirs. Yeah. I could tell what the issue was, 
from their point. So I could apologize for that, but it's like they couldn't see mine. It was too focused on their point of view. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, that's that's what it is. We all want to be heard. We all want to speak. Yeah. But in doing that, sometimes we forget that there are other voices in the room. Exactly. That want the exact same thing. So that's and that's the really funny thing is that usually all of our stories is kind of aligned. You know, mm-hmm. we all kind of want the same thing to exist. That's about yeah, it. But that's why I, I wanted to do this uh, podcast because I get to talk to a whole bunch of different people and get to relate and with them and have discussions that it's like, you know, don't take anything too like like I talked about uh, the episode with Ryan. You know, uh, religion's a tough topic for a lot of people. You know, I think I know more people as oh, I'm not religious than say that they are. And just with the controversies and, you know, right wing politics, left wing politics, all this other stuff and all that. I just enjoyed I was like, I'm just going to go in and just have a conversation because that's it. That's whether people realize it or not. That's what we like to see. That's what we like to hear. This is what makes a lot of the things that we view as very popular is because those are just real things. Take, you know, obvious one would be a Joe Rogan or something. Yeah. There is no script on there. If he agrees with something, he agrees with it. If he doesn't, he doesn't. And maybe just for like, you know, you can just look at Hollywood per se, you know, during uh, the Black Lives Matter movement and stuff and how fake they came across with all their videos. And stuff yeah. Like that. that is like, we don't want that. Just just be real. That That's what we want. And I think maybe the blessing of 2020 is that because we were all stuck, all that fakeness became more apparent. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, certain people within like the woke movement or stuff like that, we started to realize all this. And it's like, we don't want any this clout t- chasing bullshit anymore. We want truth. We want honesty and all that. So, yeah, man. Um, Cause there's this whole sentiment that the, your side can't be wrong. You know what I mean? Like, I'm on the left or the right. It doesn't really matter which side, but I'm not wrong. I can't be wrong because it's like it's my side. Like it's almost like this blind allegiance. Like there's a um a sign on a road near my house and it says hate has no home here. And I was like, that is the most ignorant shit I've ever read. Like <laughs> that's that's the equivalent of saying, um, we're just gonna sweep this shit under the rug, kids. Because hate always has a home everywhere like you can't like we said before love can't exist without hate um if you truly want to get rid of hate you either have to be indifferent or love something entirely to the point that the only thing you really i mean again because hate again like i i am filled to the brim with hate like the idea again of of anybody dying before they're supposed to is is infuriating to me i hate it but like I at the same time, you have to like kind of accept that hate and understand where it can, comes from, because if you don't, that's when you start, you know, getting physical with or getting upset with things that trigger those feelings of of hatred. You got to like understand that and learn how to um, deal with your emotions and talk to people and listen. It's uh, it's frustrating. It's uh, growth because we uh takes everybody different times and all that that's you know goes back to why i say you know i'm loving my 30s because i feel like i've grown to realize that certain things you know i'm more honest and real about things and some people like it some people don't but that also helps you realize who's important in your life and who you should keep and say la vie to the others you know yeah Uh, (laughs) you know it's a it's not a fun process but it's uh it's a needed process if you're supposed to grow and stuff like that yeah yeah that that actually reminds me of this uh video i watched on youtube by charisma on demand do you know their content at all or no it's it's kind of self-help type of stuff or like how like literally how to build charisma it's kind of i always thought it was kind of like meh when i first saw them but then like the more i watched and the more they all started to make sense and one of the videos that I really appreciated was the uh, one on Tyler or how not to give a fuck about anything. 
did I talk to you about this before? No. Oh, okay. Um, so I don't want, I mean, go, if you're listening and you're curious, please charisma on demand, how not to give a fuck about anything. I think it's a picture of Tyler Durden is the, is the, uh, thumbnail from, from fight club, but to sum up the, the content or what he said was basically to care about, to, to care about nothing. You must care intensely about something else and be aware of your, um, and be aware of what your goals are and have like a clear cut idea of what you're aiming for and how to achieve those goals. Cause once you do that, then like everything else kind of seems easy, you know, like you don't really care about things that don't really move you towards your goal. You just kind of push them into the side, you know, cause you realize it doesn't really matter in the long run. Yeah. I mean, I tell people find something to do. Yeah. That really really helped me um work was a safe haven but also finding a passion for writing because you know like i said we've been friends well like you said we've been friends since first grade mrs seminite and some of your love for writing has worn off on me when we were i mean when we were younger we always used to write in those forums mm-hmm. basically that were like D forums and the crazy thing is i remember most of those characters like very well and uh writing is such a crazy art that i'm so happy that you honestly for being selfish i'm happy that you're good at it because it's just it's refreshing to listen to you talk sometimes it's like a lot of my friends especially from college are real happy that i (laughs) he was good at writing (laughs) oh yeah 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 Hey, Tom, I got to write a paper tomorrow. (laughs) Oh, man. So, yeah, it's uh, writing's a beautiful. I mean, art is a beautiful thing, man. Like, I I really, I really kind of fell in love with art in 2020, not in the sense of like I'm drawing now because I, 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 I lack the skill or desire to, to really do that. It's an appreciation. Yeah. Better appreciation of a lot of stuff that maybe before. You had an appreciation, but you didn't maybe acknowledge or realize yeah. what it really was worth. Like, there was a video of Jacob Collier, um, who is this wild, wildly talented musician from over the pond, over there in London. It's a terrible accent. You should probably edit that out. Um, no, that's, that's staying. Okay. Stain. Well, justifiable. But Jacob Collier did a cover of Hallelujah. You know, um, if you, it's on, it's on the Uptubs, go look it up. He takes you beyond this journey of music theory and emotion and sound. And like, I literally cry every time I listen to it. And I'm not even ashamed of saying that. Like, it's so awesome that maybe he's not speaking directly to me, but I can derive a conversation or a feeling just from somebody else's sound. Like what? Like how awesome is it to be a fucking human being? And, and, and living a time where art is as available and, and accessible as it is now, you know? Totally. Yeah. But Keena, I think, uh, yeah, we're reaching uh, near end point of part one. <laughs> now, I don't know if you have anything else you want to plug. I don't think you plugged anything last time. You don't really. You can find me. Um, just search me on uh, things. I might start a Discord. I don't know. I'm not comfortable giving out my Facebook information, yeah. even though even though my shit's public. So, like, if you look hard enough, you can find me. And uh, if you message me, I'll actually probably be so enthused that I'll probably assage as a friend. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that'd be cool if you want to reach out to me on Facebook. Hopefully, I'll start a Discord soon where I can yeah. post content. So, guys, as always, you found this podcast? Podcast? <laughs> podcast? Great. Please hit that like, subscribe, or whatever is available on whatever platform you're listening to this on. And of course, if you'd like to reach out to me, you can find me on Instagram at TommyTomP88 or on Twitter at TheTommyTom88. Again, great talking to you for this part one. We'll jump right into uh, part two, which you guys can catch next week. (laughs) Uh, Yes, I'm going to melt this one, but I hope you guys enjoyed this first part. We're going to have a little more fun in uh, the second part. 
you guess you can say this is why the last conversation was five fucking hours <laughs> <laughs> really was so you guys are getting a little of this but we're gonna have a little more fun in part two i hope you guys enjoy this and we'll see you all next time I'm Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, flip personality, you know it's I, you never see my kind, never seen a fucking sliver or a slice, I'm the butcher choice, guts know I'm nice, you got beef, I got waggle with a knife, now I'm gonna be wrapping up bodies up at night, like Ray Charles, y'all know I'm out of sight, now I'm gonna be slaying niggas cause you know I love the life, yo, you gotta read between the lines, I'm only gonna be moving when I'm read through all the signs, Johnny Mnemonic, I got an upgrade in mind, this is for the rebels and the revolutionary minds, Cybernetic linguistics, you know I'm on my mind. Prototype the new dimension, man, that shit is mine. Future is creation and creation is sublime. Make your own legend only happens with time.